0: Yo, friends, it's good to be back. Daniel Schreiner here in the Disciple Hinson studio. PK did a fantastic job, as I'm sure you would agree, filling in, as I have been busy with all kinds of things. Today's episode, I think you're really going to enjoy. Davey Walker, current pastoral resident, married to Anna. They live in the Colonial Arms. They came up here from Corvallis, uh, at, serving at the branch, and... What's fun about this episode is Davey grew up, as you're going to hear, at Henson as a kid, and he has a bunch of family at the church, and you're going to hear a little bit of reflections of Henson now and then, and from a unique perspective, right? Because he's he's not like uh, somebody who was an adult at Henson during the former days. He's a kid. He's involved in the different kid programs. Uh, so you're going to hear his reflections about the differences uh, between Henson before and now, and some of the similarities, as well as his experience thus far of the pastoral residency. So, Davy's a lot of fun. I hope you will enjoy and are encouraged. Davy Walker, welcome to the Disciple Henson podcast. How are you today?
1: doing well Can't just had some,
0: had some lardo
1: had some lardo korean
0: pork shoulder yep you were just telling me how you don't really like milk
1: that is correct
0: let's talk about that
1: uh i just don't drink much milk and so i have very little in coffee and i got heavy whipping cream though in the cold brew today before
0: you go much uh further i just want to remind you that this is a family friendly podcast <laughs> For sure. so yeah. if you could just watch your language I do throughout apologize. um no i don't think you had said anything offensive yet Okay, good. But I just thought with you in particular, I should give you the heads up. So who are you, Davy? Uh name's Davey Walker.
1: Um, I am 31 years old, married to Anna Walker, and we've got two kids. Ivy May, she's three, and Ford is 16 months. Um, I grew up at Henson though. So that's something that a lot of people know about me that are listening to this podcast, and probably some people, that's the first time I've ever heard of that and you have family
0: at this church. I Tell us do. who you're related to other than Anna and your kids.
1: Okay, so the most obvious one is my parents, David and Judy Walker. And then, did you ever go by Junior? I did not. No. But you
0: share the same name.
1: So, yes, we share the same name, but technically we're not a I'm not a junior because juniors have the same middle name.
0: Oh, okay. And so
1: I'm David James. My brother though, Johnny is John Richard, so my dad took his first name for me, middle name for John. So
0: So your, your folks, David and Judy, other relations, other relations,
1: uh, older sister, Lindsay Matsuoka and Andy and their kids. And then Kelsey Davis married to Austin Davis, uh, with their kid Walker. Um, so that's immediate family. And Mm -hmm. then taking a step out from there. I'm also related to the Libert's and that's that's through my mom, Mm -hmm. um, my mom's older sister and then also Peggy Irinaga. An older sister of my mom as well. So there used to be more of us here than that. We would go to lunch after church on Sunday and there'd be like 30 of us.
0: You're like Henson royalty, but you've never worn a crown to church. I've worn crowns at church, but never to church. Uh, we'll, I'd like to hear that later, about that later, maybe. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your story. You grew up here at Henson. You're going to, you went to, or you grew up in Tigard. Mm-hmm. So you went to Tigard High. Correct. You played football there. I
1: did I didn't. Actually I played well, I played basketball. That was the primary sport I played.
0: Okay. Were you good?
1: I was yeah, I was fairly decent. Yes. And then
0: you went on to play basketball at Multnomah? Correct. Why did you decide to go to Multnomah? Uh
1: well, once I graduated from high school, I actually went down to Oregon State and I was there for 3 years and that was like an ongoing trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And It was kind of this perpetual cycle of me not knowing what I wanted to do. And somebody be like, Hey, I think you'd be good at teaching. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I would be good at teaching. And then I do that for a little bit. And then I was like, I don't think I'd enjoy this. So I'd be like, you'd be a good nurse. You're right. I would be a good nurse. And so then I did that for a while. And so this was just like three years of that. Um, And I going back to like my high school time at Henson, which you can talk about later. um, I had this desire to go to Multnomah and do youth ministry and play basketball. Uh, and so it was during my junior year of, high, of college though, that I realized I don't want to be at Oregon state and I actually want to be immersed in the gospel and ministry was this thing that kept popping up in my head. And so it was the first time in my life that I feel like instead of somebody saying, Hey, I think you'd be good at this. I was actually like looking into my own life and being like, I think the Lord's maybe called me to ministry. And then I was the one actually taking those steps to reach out to people and ask them, Hey, this is kind of where my thought process is. Do like, do you see these gifts in me? and was affirmed by those people, Um, and Multnomah was the school that I knew because youth pastors had gone there, and that's what, like, long story short, that's what brought me ultimately to Multnomah, which brought me back from Corvallis up to the Tigard area.
0: Okay, so so a desire to be in ministry is kind of what brought you back from Corvallis to Portland Mm -hmm. to go to Multnomah, and then it happened a second time in that you were down in Corvallis, but you were already in ministry. You were Correct. serving as an associate pastor at the branch there. and and uh, But then you want to continue to be in ministry and be discipled in kind of the, the church and ecclesiology. So that's why you are a pastoral resident full-time right now. Correct. Yeah. And how's that going? How's the residency going?
1: It's been, it's been a blast. Um, I mean, we moved in the day before the residency started. And so that was definitely like an overwhelming start because the residency starts with a lot um, and then coming home to boxes. Uh, But overall, I've thoroughly enjoyed uh, my experience so far. Uh, I like the rigorous nature of it. Um, It it can feel overwhelming at moments, but I love the intentionality in what we're reading and kind of the, the, not always diversity, but at least the mass of what we're reading uh, to help me think through these topics um, in a variety of ways and kind of driving home the central Focuses.
0: great we want to hear about that here um, in a minute too because we want to do two basic things other than get to know you Davey, in mm-hmm. this conversation we want to talk about henson now and then yeah so since you grew up at henson back in the day we want to hear about your experience at henson and how it's different now um and similarities too of course but uh, also we want to hear a little bit more about the pastoral residency and how you're hoping it will equip you for kind of your long term goals. Does that sound good? Sounds great. Okay. So, what tell us, tell us what was Henson like that would especially contrast with the way that it was today? You were telling me earlier the worship. I assume you mean like the music style. Um, well, how, was, how was the music at Henson, the singing, different? when you were in middle school, in high school, or what what you remember from growing up here?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, first off, at that point, we had two services. So I can't speak to the first service, uh, which was, I think, like, more the traditional service because I was with youth. But our contemporary service, um, lots of Chris Tomlin. um, And I know it was more expansive than this, but it felt like the same five or six songs. Uh,
0: Like what? Like what Uh, songs?
1: I mean, I, I always think of, like, like the here I am to worship or like come now is the time to worship. Uh-huh. Um, like those kinds of songs. Uh-huh. Um, but those I, songs in particular,
0: you remember those songs those. in
1: particular. I remember, okay. um, we also, we would have, um, musicians that would be like in the orchestra pit down, at, um, on the main floor, uh, for some of those Sundays as well. Cause we had more like special music, things like that. I remember when Bruce Borey was here, he would every once in a while play the bongos as well, which was like, cool. To be, like that's my pastor playing the bongos. Um, so that was, I think worship gathering that was, or worship style, uh, was quite different as it's much more diverse, um, in style. And I'm not trying to speak against an intentionality earlier on, but I, you can see an intentionality in the song selected, um, and the significance of the words and all those kinds of things um, today, more, more so now than back then.
0: Okay. So, um, a lot of people will know what you're talking about, but for some newer Henson folk or people who listen to this podcast, they're going to be like, wait, what? There was an orchestra pit. There was two services with different styles. That just sounds very different than the way things are uh, today. But that's just, that's how it was for you yeah. as, as a kid. And w- did you ever play an instrument in the service?
1: I did not play an instrument Family in members the who did? No, um... I'm trying to think. At that point, I think there was a number of, um, there were some musicians that were from the church, but I think there were some musicians that were hired out as well, um, just because of local connections uh, for our worship director at that point.
0: Okay, so sometimes there would just be musicians who would come in like a hired gun, maybe not even a Christian, but they're gifted in playing correct that yeah. instrument. Okay, and the Walker Clan. You guys are more athletes, more yeah, on that more side. Athletes, then. But we
1: did we did have uh, our days in acting with God's Glory Gang. Oh, so tell so, tell
0: us about the God's Glory Gang.
1: This is where the uh, wearing the crown in church comes into play. I'm glad you came um, back around to that. Yes. So, I mean, growing up, uh, probably I think since the time I was like six or seven uh, through part of middle school, there was GGG, God's Glory Gang, and it was what a great name. I know, right? It was a children's choir slash I mean, theater feels like a little more uh, uh, not accurate to what was actually happening, Uh but uh, we would do, I think typically at least once a year, we had some form of like a play that we would put on um, with music and um, acting and all that kind of stuff. and. Believe it or not, there wasn't tons of guys that would be willing to do these things. Um, but you
0: were in it in part because your mom helped run it?
1: Correct. Yeah, my mom and Debbie Irwin. Debbie Irwin was like the director. My mom started helping. Okay. Um, and I was one of the few guys that I was like, I can hold a note. And I'm and a, a great dancer. I'm a great dancer and comfortable in front of people. And so, uh-huh. um, yeah, I was the like lead male character in multiple uh god's glory gang okay
0: i just we need a story i mean from from one of the performances or one of the plays i need to i need to picture davy walker breaking it down for ggg uh do you have anything for i'm putting you on the spot
1: so the first story that comes to mind actually is it steps a little bit outside of god's glory gang uh to matt camp where Matt Camp was. Tell us what Matt Camp is. So, Matt Camp was a uh, summer like missions kind of, or like outreach to the area where we'd have Melvin Adams come in and he'd do like the basketball portion. Um, he was a
0: Harlem Globetrotter. He was a Harlem former, yep.
1: uh, Fastest dribble in the world for a while. Uh, but then there was another side of that. So, like basketball is a huge portion. And then also, um, they would, in a whole week, they would do like a performance at the end that was like a God's Glory Gang performance.
0: So, and, were you doing double duty here?
1: Yeah, so one of the years, I played basketball all day, uh-huh. um, so I didn't know any of the music, but they needed somebody to be the male lead. You're kidding me. And so I memorized the lines, and that Friday night, I was like the... I, I, think, I, I think I was like Mac Donald was my name, and I was a farmer. Yes. Um, But Tasha Irwin, who's like a couple years older than me, uh-huh. she was the female lead. And I just remember like dancing with her, and it was just this weird like... I feel so uncomfortable right now. But, you know, that's just what you got to do when you're on stage acting. So.
0: So you're a performer. Yeah,
1: <laughs> sure. We'll go
0: there. So I uh, just quick story from my own childhood. I was in a, in a play as well at church. Um, and uh, it was a play written by the choir director at our church. Mm-hmm. And she cast all. There was a group of kids called the baddies. And then a group of kids called the goodies nice. and they, all the baddies were the kids who didn't behave well in class. So I was one of the baddies. And during the play, we all like, uh, you know, forsook our, our bad habits and bad ways and had this, uh, coming to, to Jesus moment. It's a beautiful thing. Hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll, so I'll, I'll, share more details of that <laughs> in a future podcast. We'll just, uh, talk about the trauma that I experienced from that. Um, okay. So anything, anything else about, I mean, we talked a little bit about some of these programs, which uh, may seem, you know, a little foreign to what we're doing today at Henson, or we don't have as many of these programs. Um, but anything else about like the culture, the, the services, you were very involved in the, in the youth ministry. Correct, yeah. Um, any, any other stories or thoughts about how things are different in the same?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things I look back is, are I was super thankful for my experience in youth. And I'm like, in many ways, I think the part of the reason I'm in ministry today is because of the foundations that were laid with me through youth. But then also seeing during that time period, we we were like a, a chunk of the church, but not really like also engaged in the church.
0: And when you say we, are you talking about youth. all the walkers? Oh, okay. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, yeah. So the youth, youth, youth yeah. So we had like our, we had the morning service, um, or like our first hour was where we, all the youth were together. And then we'd come up to second service as typically like if you're preaching and you're looking out to the left side, that's where all the youth were like either on the main floor or the balcony. Um, never with our families, just always in that corner, whether we were actually paying attention to the service or not, that's a whole nother conversation. Well, would you? Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it was notes being passed as well, you know? Okay. Um, but so there just, there was never like a huge connection or emphasis on um, like the role my family plays, also not throughout the week, but on a Sunday specifically.
0: Okay. Okay. And you don't see that happening at Henson now in terms of the like the youth segregated from their families, like in the service. Mainly the youth are sitting with their families. Yeah. And, I mean, the, yeah.
1: the last few weeks outside, it's hard to know for sure. But sure. I mean, based on the prior weeks, uh, that's not the image that I saw.
0: Okay. What about discipleship? Because, I mean, it seems that discipleship was an emphasis um, as you were growing up. I mean, like you said, part of why you are where you are today is because of how you were built into, mentored. What did discipleship look like? Did you feel like spiritually you were being mentored and poured into when you were at Henson before?
1: Yeah. I mean, I the first time somebody ever reached out to me, uh, to be like, hey, I want to hang out with you on a fairly regular basis and read God's word. Uh, I think I was like an eighth grader.
0: Do you remember who it was?
1: Yeah, it was actually Andy Matsuoka. So my future brother-in-law wow. um, was the first guy that reached out to me. Um, and he was on youth staff at that point. Okay. Um, and so... Andy, Which
0: means he wasn't like on church staff. Like he wasn't paid by the church correct. to do this. He was a volunteer, yeah, a volunteer working leader. with the youth. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. you.
1: Um, and so he was involved in my life. I mean kind of since then. Uh but then also once I got into high school, uh Mark Staples, so Peggy's younger son, uh-huh. um, he was a youth pastor at the time. And I feel like Mark took uh special interest in me early on. And so it, if I were to be like, hey, who was the person that first introduced introduced me to this idea of doing ministry mm. um, as a vocation, uh Mark would have been like Mark's the name that comes to mind. Um and was intentional in not teach, not just teaching me things, but just also being like, I'm gonna invite you into my life and the ins and outs. So I remember a lot of summers, I would spend a lot of time actually in where you guys currently office. That was where the youth offices were, and so I would just hang out in the office um, days on end, just kind of doing life with them.
0: So wait, the youth had their own offices, like the or the youth volunteers and staff. Like to, I actually don't know if I knew this.
1: Yeah, so where Mark's current office is was where. Uh, Mark Staple's office was. Oh,
0: Mark Whitcomb. Yes. sorry, uh-huh. yes. Mark Whitcomb's <laughs> office, marks.
1: yes, um, is now, was Mark Staple's office. Okay. And the rest of the interns um, were up in those different offices.
0: So do you remember who was in my current office?
1: I can't remember who was, <laughs> was there. Just so this is curious. Yeah.
0: So wait, these are volunteers who have offices or they're paid?
1: They were. So at that point we had, I don't remember how big the youth group was, but a decent sized youth group. And okay. so Mark was, Mark was full time. Uh-huh. And then at that point we also had um I think it was like three interns. Sure. So John Jones, um, Michael Calhoun okay. and um Joel Joel Mayward.
0: Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I've I've met uh maybe all those guys, but I certainly have heard stories. And then so was Was Mark Staples, just this is for the old Henson folk who would be interested in this. Was Mark Staples the youth pastor throughout your whole kind of youth career?
1: No. So he was there through my sophomore year. Okay. um, And then he moved down to Arizona. Okay. um, And Joel actually joined him. Um, And that like, honestly, is like a pretty pivotal part in my story. I'd say my junior, senior year, uh, because prior to that, I think when I looked at my faith a lot of it was built upon, you know, like these pillars of these men in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And kind of with with Mark leaving, it led to, it wasn't because Mark left, but in a season following that, there was a number of guys that I would say were like pillars in my faith Hmm. that ended up needing to step away from youth ministry or move or whatever that may be for a season. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember just grappling and wrestling with like, God, why are you doing this? Um, And really like struggling with that. But then also seeing that through that season, that forced me to also be like, okay, well, is this, is this foundation built on Mark
0: Hmm.
1: or is this foundation built on the Lord? And it's actually rooted in my belief, not somebody else's belief. Hmm. Um, so that was like a refining period for me to realize like, no, these men played big roles in my life. Um, they were just showing me what was already there and having that taken away actually elevated what was already there.
0: So your junior, senior years of high school, were those good years for you spiritually?
1: I think so. Yeah. Um, John Jones was there through my junior year uh-huh. and then left uh-huh. um, and Hooney was there through my senior year it's Michael Calhoun Michael yeah sorry Michael Calhoun um and I think the the senior year was it was good for me uh, but I was also because of school and sports and all that I was I was much more embedded in like my high school experience mm-hmm. um, at Tigard than mm-hmm. I was involved in the youth group at that point
0: those latter latter years mm-hmm. I gotcha and then and so Davey when when do you think you came? uh, to Christ? When do you, when do you think you were converted?
1: Um, I mean, when I think of my story, I think of it way back in the day. Okay. Um, I'm one of those blessed to grow up in a household that my parents told me about Jesus regularly. Yeah. Um, and I mean, from what I understand from the age of four was when I was like having conversations with my parents about the gospel, um, yeah. and being like, well, I want Jesus. Um, and so, but I always think of it as like at that point in my life, like There's only so much understanding I could have of the gospel as a four year old. Yeah. Um, Though I think that was a defining moment Mm -hmm. for me. Um, And then kind of progressing through at the age of, I think it was like eight or nine, um, I was baptized at Henson. Uh, Lindsay and I were baptized the same Sunday. Um, But when I look at kind of the trajectory of my life since then, I kind of see it as kind of that image of if you have, you know, a triangle on its side. And the bigger your view of God and the bigger your view of sin, the bigger your view of Christ is going to be. Mm. And that's what i kind of feel like my journey has been is mm. I've always had an understanding of God and sin and Christ because of that. But as I've gotten older, I've seen the significance of God, the sad significance of my sin, yet the beauty of how Christ has gotten bigger and bigger throughout that whole season.
0: Oh, praise God. Yeah. Has there ever been a period in your life where you were like rebelling against um, your you know belief in Jesus?
1: No. Or you kind uh, of
0: walked away from the faith?
1: No, I've always been the good kid, which but it has its own struggles. Sure, Uh, sure. I remember when I was at Multnomah, and I had to write a paper on the grace of God. And it fit within my testimony. Like, grace of God is part of this component of your testimony you need to write. Yeah. And I remember not really knowing what to say about it. Uh And then, by God's grace, our prof being like, hey, take more time to work on it. But my biggest struggle was, well, since I've always been the good kid.
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: it's hard to grasp your need for grace um yet looking back i see how that's been evident Uh um but that's kind of been my struggle is like being the good kid you just think you're good and so you think there's some kind of merit involved in it yet i mean even as you preached this last sunday there's or there's not like it's ultimately just god and god alone
0: yeah i gotcha i'm i have a similar story in many ways um Except for the the part about being uh being able to dance in front of the church <laughs> and uh, be good at basketball, um, so I want to hear a little bit. So it's interesting to think about the the differences and the similarities between hints and now and then. Um, you know, still an emphasis today on discipleship, one on one discipleship, mentoring. Um, is still something that we're striving towards. And t- I mean, that's in part what you're doing now. You're being discipled. Um, through the pastoral residency and ministry. It's just interesting to think that with Andy and Mark and John Jones and these guys, similar things were happening within mm-hmm. this this church, but taking a different form, a different mode. I'd, I'd be interested to hear maybe just a couple more reflections on particularly what it was like for you to see the transition um, from, you know, you got uh, two different styles of, of worship services. You have, uh, you know, big programs like Mac Camp and GGG and all sorts of things um, that uh, certainly it was the church that you had grown up at. And then you went away to OSU. You were at Multnomah for a little while, and you weren't always attending Hinson when you were at Multnomah. But then you kind of, you got involved at the branch um, with Josh Howeth and Stephen Brucker and those guys. You're being discipled in that context. But then you're kind of coming I mean, obviously your family's here. Mm-hmm. So you're coming back to Henson and you're hearing from your, your folks, you're hearing from from siblings and whatnot what's happening at Henson. What's your like as you come back and visit, like, what's your take on what's happening at Henson? I mean, what what are your some of your thoughts? Just to be completely yeah. honest. What what's what's going through your mind?
1: I mean, I, this is probably within the first few years, so I might have been a known at this point, um, but I do remember coming on a Sunday.
0: Michael's Michael's the pastor. Um, Michael's the pastor. This okay. Yeah.
1: Um, and dude, when he started that pastoral prayer, I was not prepared for the length. And I remember, you know, being the stupid like eighteen year old or twenty year old that I was at the time, like pulling out my phone and being like, I'm gonna time this. Um, and it was, you know, it was like 10 to 12 minutes. And that was for sure like the biggest initial shock for me um, because long I was, prayers. oh yeah, I was not used to that at all. Um,
0: and you, but uh, this is kind of funny. It comes full circle because you just prayed this last Sunday. So if you were at the service, the outdoor service on, what was that? September 12th, mm-hmm. um, you offered a prayer of praise and uh, a number of people commented on how long it was. That is correct. You yes. started drinking the Kool-Aid, my friend. <laughs> yes, it's true. But Michael, on the other hand, didn't think it was long enough. Correct. Yes, <laughs> well, I'm, putting, I'm putting <laughs> words in his mouth. He <laughs> didn't actually say that. But um, So, okay, that was the first thing that kind of jumped out at you is the length of uh, Michael's prayer, the pastoral prayer. Any, yeah. any other things that jumped out at you?
1: Yeah, I would, so I didn't have the terminology until probably a few years ago, um, uh-huh. but... I wasn't used to what I would phrase as like meaningful membership. Okay. Um, I wasn't used to actually seeing that played out in the life of the church. Um, And so seeing, especially with some of my family members of like how important um, getting conversations with the elders and bringing things in front of them and being like, hey, we want your advice. And ultimately, if you give us advice, we're going to follow it, whether it's what we want to do or not. Um, That was, I remember having conversations with Lindsay when I was at Oregon State. And just like completely shocked. Um, And it's funny to be like where I am at now and so thankful for the role Henson played in that season and me just being a young kid not realizing the significance of what membership actually means um, and the beauty of that.
0: But but you became convinced of things like meaningful membership, the importance of church discipline, even long prayers. (laughs) You know, some of these things that are maybe uh, hallmarks or, you know, convictions at Henson while you were not at Henson. Correct. So you're down in Corvallis serving at the branch. You you have a very young church, a lot of college students, Mm -hmm. but, uh, what, how did that, was it talking to Lindsay? And I mean, how was it, how are you coming up to these convictions that you would even want to come up here and do a residency where you're thinking about like church discipline 20% of the time?
1: Yeah. I mean, so when I, when I joined the branch staff in 2014, they were like a two-year-old church plant. Mm. Um, and we're just trying to figure out, you know, what, what church even looks like, what that means. Um, I remember coming up to a weekender in 2015 and found out later that was the first time that Josh Howth and Steven Brucker had even seen an elders meeting. Hmm. And so like very, very elementary in um, a Henson
0: elder meeting. So the, what we do, if you're listening is uh, during the weekender. And if you want to, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're not at Henson and you'd be interested in, in checking out these weekenders, we have them once a year during May. And we just invite you to come and observe some of the things that we're doing and talk about church together. So you can you guys come, you observe an elder meeting. Sorry I didn't mean to interrupt oh, your train of thought, but.
1: Yeah. So yeah. just like that paints a picture of, how elementary we were and our understanding. Um, But it's got to be within the first few years that I was there. Um, Josh has always looked up and had a good relationship with Michael. And so that kind of started, in a sense, our introduction to Nine Marks material. And I think just growing and thinking through the church and what our Mm -hmm. role is and Mm -hmm. who we are. Um, And so over time, um, we've started, I mean, this has been a seven-year process, but started adding some of those elements like a call to worship was one of those first things that we started adding and then more scripture reading and then a pastoral prayer and are kind of just continually trying to progress piece by piece and so these are things that i've for me probably over the last five years have started thinking about more um through reading and through conversations and then coming up for you know nine marks conferences and things like that have helped solidify those thoughts
0: so if it's so solidified and uh, you know so much about the church now uh, what is the, give me a definition of the church and I'm going to grade you on a one to 10 scale, 10 being excellent, one being you failed or you're horrible. Wow. That's, that's, uh, wait, I'm well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it would be funny to, to, or funny, uh, helpful for you to tell us based on your reading. I didn't prepare you for this, but what is the church? If you had to say in a sentence or two.
1: Yeah, I see the church as, um,
0: this is, so this is your truth.
1: This is, this is, yeah, this is my truth. Um, I see the church as a regenerate body of believers um, who have been baptized upon their profession of faith, um, who are ultimately striving to live out that faith in community. And I think what, what makes the church, the church over just a body of people um, is looking at what the reformer said is proper preaching in God's word and proper administration of the ordinances
0: and church discipline.
1: That's what's being driven into my head day in and day out, and I'm I'm, I'm liking it.
0: I'll give you an 11 out of 10. <laughs> Thank you. So, oh, amen. Yeah, I know. I made you sweat there for a minute. But uh, how's that uh, Stumptown cold brew going, by the way? The quality is gone, so oh. well done. You're welcome. Um, okay, so we just have a couple more minutes. What should we talk about? What do you want to say? Anything? You want to say anything to, to Henson Baptist Church?
1: I mean, I'm thankful for the opportunity to come back. Um, it's been, it's weird to come back after being gone for 11 years. Um, you
0: were gone 11 years.
1: Yeah. From like 20 21 okay. to 31. Okay. Um, lots of life has happened in there. Uh, yeah. but it what's, what's fun. And it's weird to come back because I mean, my mom's been here her, her whole life. Yeah. And there's a number of people that have been here, you know, since the sixties or seventies or even maybe prior to that. And so it's weird to come back and be like, you guys are people that I grew up with um, some of you have always just been faces. Like I haven't actually known you because, you know, I was a 13 year old. Uh-huh. Um, so there's that like fun component of being like, there's people that I did a lot of life with that are still here. Yeah. Um, but then also it's just been cool to see a lot of students that graduated from Oregon state. They're part of the branch. Right. Have moved up. Right. And have embedded themselves.
0: Here. So who are some of those people? You don't have to say everybody just like, I know now
1: I'm like, oh, the pressure's on. Uh, well,
0: right? like you discipled, uh, a few guys. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: I mean, we had an internship program, nothing like the residency here. So just but- name the
0: guys who are interns or the people
1: yeah so that yeah. would be uh matt koski uh-huh. and then mark graham and lindsey rosette
0: okay okay so you go back with them as well i go
1: back so with it's them. like all yeah.
0: your worlds are like colliding here at hinson yeah. in this uh in this season now and the
1: weirdest thing is going back to my first time at oregon state yeah i was a young life leader and i knew mark mark graham mark graham and matt koski when they were eighth graders in middle school so we're talking lots of life together
0: and now koski's married and mark is a mature he owns a house man. So, you know, <laughs> like what is going on uh actually before i let you go uh tell us if there's been anything that's been particularly encouraging about the residency or your time back i know you've only been here uh, a little over a month now mm-hmm. so you're not even to the halfway point of the residency so we don't expect your thoughts to be fully formed um and also your Davy Walker, so your thoughts are not <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I just okay. I just want to see you. I'm just trying to get you to dance. Um but uh any just takeaways or encouragements um from the residency and your time back at Henson?
1: Yeah, I mean I the first thing that comes in my mind um is throughout this residency um, or well, reading on so many different topics, um, and reading a lot on those topics, you know, it's here synthesize these five books into a paper, um, and that's happening weekly. And I think what's been the most profound thing for me is reading on these topics. Um, and they can feel like individual separate topics. And yet at the same time, as you're taking a step back, you're starting to see how you're like, Oh, all of these things are actually integrated. Um, I think a perfect example of that is we have one of the papers we write is a philosophy of ministry paper. Um, And looking at that book list, if somebody asked me, hey, what book should I read? I need to write write this paper. I wouldn't have given you a book on prayer or a Mm. book on conversion. Mm -hmm. Um, Yet then reading those and seeing like, no, this is profound because what you think of conversion and who actually is converted and what you think of prayer and what prayer actually means and looks like is going to flow into your philosophy of ministry. And so getting to see all these bits and pieces that feel separate actually being completely intertwined. Um, and so it's it's beautiful to see like the system is taking form and making sense. And you're seeing how there's a structure and shape to this uh, that if you take out one piece, you're actually starting to affect the rest of the building. Hmm. And so striving to be like, how do I create the most clear structure that's firm in all of its walls? Hmm. Um, still very much in process. yeah, uh, But it's been, the building blocks of that has been the biggest joy of the residency.
0: Oh, praise God. And that was very well articulated. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, gave us something solid to, to take away from that. Uh, Davey, any way that we as a church can be upholding you and your family in prayer? And then maybe like one thing more broadly for just the pastoral residents. We have three full-time guys, including yourself and two part-time, just a couple prayer requests. Yeah.
1: Uh, for family, um we're super thankful to be on the block now so we're really close to henson um but i think for us it's just navigating through life with a three-year-old and 16 month old and they're in the same room right now and so like the the easiest prayer is figuring out sleeping routines Mm -hmm. and getting both of our kids to sleep through the night um because if they don't do that it affects anna or it affects me or both of us Mm -hmm. um and it creates a trying season when everyone in your household is tired.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so that's a very tangible need. That's good. As well as just, we want to be embedded into the life here. And so mm-hmm. um, come out, talk to us. We want to talk to you guys, build relationships. Um, and then taking a step back to be okay, residents as a whole. Um, it's a short season. And so I think it can be easy to set your eyes to, end of december or january um and i think for all of us residents it's really wanting to stay in the present um and not allow like fears of unknowns of the future to kind of cripple our experience here and so pray for me and the rest of us is that we can really just embed ourselves in this season and embrace it for what it is um knowing that we have a sovereign god who who knows what is next um and so instead of worrying about that focus on the here and now and spend time being able to be blessed by the staff and church here so that we can actually then go out and be a blessing post residency, wherever God may call us.
0: Those are great ways to pray. Uh, thank you for taking the time. Davy Walker, ladies and gentlemen, Davy, What did you say your middle name was again? James, James Walker. Uh, if you're a church member, I do know that uh, Davy and his wife both eat food. We do. And yeah. you both drink coffee. We do. So take them out for coffee have them over for a meal in your home. As you can tell from this podcast, Davey, is very easy to talk to A lot of fun to be around. So get to know the walkers. We don't know how long the Lord will have them here with us here at Henson. Yeah. I, I, I forgot to ask you kind of long-term aspirations just briefly.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, as of now, I would love to be an associate. Associate Con- pastor. Continually. Yeah. Okay. Um, maybe down the road lead, but as of now, I feel like I've got a lot to grow in and a lot to experience. And so Associate is kind of where my thoughts are
0: excellent Dave Davey. Thank you for having this conversation today Talk to you later. Sounds good (laughs)